Welcome to the Consciousness Anywhere and Everywhere podcast. I am Shannon O'Hara and I invite you to a completely new world of possibilities. Hello everybody, it's Shannon and today I am so excited because I am joined by my father, Gary, Gary, how are you? Gary Douglas, and we're going to have, um, hopefully, an interesting and amazing conversation about a topic that is endlessly mysterious. It is endlessly, endlessly mysterious because it's something nobody knows about here. So we're talking, and what we're talking about is consciousness. Consciousness. And the thing about consciousness is consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. Now, the interesting part about it is there are all kinds of people who talk about how you have to be more conscious and more conscious and do conscious and all that kind of stuff. But 90% of them don't actually have a definition for consciousness. And access is the only thing that has a definition for consciousness, which is it includes everything and judges nothing. So most of these people are trying to find a way to be conscious without having an awareness of what they're trying to be. Hmm. And so you got to get, if consciousness includes everything... And judges nothing. Does that mean it includes sadness and tears and anger and upset? Yes, all of it. That's so amazing. I am. Um, it's amazing because I remember when when you first started doing access and talking about this consciousness thing. I was like a teenager, so I was just like whatever. Like I had like yeah. no reference point, no, no interest, no real point of view, not a lot of interest until I was in enough pain and sort of like suffering enough in my life that I started trying out some of the stuff you were suggesting like hey why don't you try this maybe this will help yeah and what it was was the tools of access of accessing greater consciousness yes and that's what access is really about giving you a place where you can use the tools to create greater consciousness greater awareness and less judgment in your life so you have more choices you have more possibilities you have the gift of you. Well, that's so interesting because I know for myself, and I wonder how many how, how many other people have tended to do this. It's like I've tended to think like consciousness would exclude difficulty or complaining or yeah. But you know. it's like the thing is, if you have a difficulty and you have no point of view about it, everything changes. You know, greatest example I had when you guys were teenagers. You would, you know, stay up late and, you know, I'd go to bed early. You'd stay up late and I'd get up in the morning and the kitchen would be a mess. I'd go, can't you guys clean up? I'd say, what's the matter with you little shits? And I would be all upset and pissed. And one morning I got up and I went, eh, interesting point of view. And I started cleaning up the kitchen. And it's like all of a sudden the kitchen was totally clean in 10 minutes. Where before it used to take me an hour. I go, what's the difference here? Mm. I have no judgment. I have no point of view about it. And get it done faster. Oh, it just opens me up to so many other questions and insights. Like when you don't have a point of view about something, you, it, you like, so I have a question. So yeah. you not resisting the kitchen being a mess or not yeah. having a, not having well, an upset like about I it. I also stopped resisting you guys making a mess. You started making less mess. Well, it's so <laughs> interesting because like, I even want to want to ask like, so is that, is that being more conscious? Yes. Because it's including everything and judging nothing. Wow. You include everything and you judge nothing, then all things can change. But if you have a fixed point of view or you get upset or you do that, then it just solidifies that point of view. Well, I'm even noticing myself recently and like I'm just going to admit some facts here that like I've been really deeply exploring what I thought was consciousness for, I mean, what, 18, I'm going to call it a solid 18 years now. Yeah. 
And yes, my life has expanded beyond what I ever thought was possible. And things are, I would say I have a really magic life and living and embodiment. Yeah. And, and that's what happens, but even recent, right. So that will, so, but even recently I've been in my head, I'm like going into, and I'll just use relationship as an example. I've been going into judgment of what's occurring. Yeah. As though that's going to achieve something. I know, but we, you know, you're taught that you have to judge things into existence here. I mean, everything, you know, it's like when you were in school, you didn't get the right answer. So what do you have to judge? I guess me, you, yeah. that, you know, that you didn't, you know. That I didn't get taught right. You know, that I didn't know that I don't know. They ever, and they never ask you, how'd you come to this conclusion? And that's the one thing I always asked you guys when you were kids is, okay, how'd you come to this conclusion? Right. Because I was always more interested in how you got to the result you got than I was what you chose that wasn't right. Because mm. I wasn't trying to get you right. I was trying to get you to recognize how you created. And I was trying to get to a recognition of how you created, which is pretty much how I do everything with access is how did you create that? Because if you start to look at how somebody is creating something, you don't come to judgment. You come to, hey, what is actually possible here? I haven't even considered. Well, I love that too because it sets up a place where people actually have to start to look at how they're creating their lives. Exactly. Which I feel like is like so obvious that we create our lives, but how many of us really have this disconnect from what we're doing that's creating our lives? Few people have an awareness that they create their lives. I mean, it's like I, you know, it's like long before I did access, I. Can't remember where I got it, but I realized that everything I chose was what was being created in my life. And so it had to be me who was creating what I wasn't happy with. And it's like, so if I can create what I'm not happy with, what could I do different so I could create something I'm happy with? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and so I started looking at what can I do or be different? That sort of started me on the access trail in truth. I didn't even realize it until this moment. But it's like when I ask, what can I be or do to do different, to have different? And it's so interesting. What can I be or do different is such a, it achieves something. It's, it's similar to where it feels to me like the more generative version of what we tend to try and do, which is judge the right choice. How can I get it right is, quote unquote, the right choice. But how can I create something different or how can I choose something different? It's a whole different point of view. It's like, and people need to be willing to look at that different point of view without a judgment. So I watch a lot of people struggle with changing their point of view. Mostly they can see what the behavior is creating. They can see either it's a lack of money or sickness in the body or a difficulty in relationships. Yes, but they say they want to change it. And then they ask, how do I change it? And how you change it is by choosing different. Choosing different. It's like, and that's all it takes. And everybody acts like it's such a hard thing. What do I have to pocket pod to be able to choose different? Choose different. Well, I'm even realizing in this conversation about how consciousness includes everything, meaning you have every single choice available to you and judges nothing. Yes. Well, if you don't judge when you get angry, for instance, like when I get angry, I don't judge that I'm wrong for getting angry. I don't judge that it's wrong to get angry. I go, what's this going to create? I go to the question of what's this going to create? And it's like, and it's always amazing to me. I get angry about things and it's like, what it creates is way greater than what I thought was going to get created because you try to come to conclusions about what you're creating based on your judgments and that doesn't do much. 
Well, no, it really doesn't. And I'm just feeling a little, I'm even having sort of a slightly, what I would call retarded moment, even in the middle of this conversation. It's like, I thought consciousness was such an exciting, interesting topic. And it is. And I'm noticing scary topic. And I'm noticing where I feel almost in disabled in the the versatility or the fluidity. So you just said something that's more important than anything else. You have been taught to be disabled. Okay. Okay, you've taught to be crippled. You're taught to be crippled in this reality and to be handicapped by it, with it, for it, etc. You know, it's like if you weren't handicapped at all, what would you be? Capped? <laughs> no. You know. Well, that's a great question. Yeah. I mean, if you had no handicaps in life. Well, it's like, see, I don't think I have handicaps in life. Because like even today, it's like we were looking at the curtains that they've made for the castle. And I hate them all. They all look wrong. They're all exactly the opposite of what I wanted them to be. And I, you know, it's like, I think there's two rooms that I actually like. The rest of them are like horrible. And so we're talking about throwing $50,000 worth of work out. Oh, shoot. Getting rid of $50,000 worth of cost, work, et cetera. Sure. And starting over again. But I asked for elegance. I asked for, you know, over the top. I asked for you know, quality. And what I got is pretty much crap. Okay. So I need to have something different. So but what does that have to do? How does that relate to the handicap well, thing? It's like if you're handicapped by your money, for instance, meaning, meaning it's like, I'm willing to throw $50,000 away. So more like if you're not handicapped by money. Yes. See, it's like most people are going, well, yeah, but it's like, I've already spent the money. Too bad if you spent the money. You can't make money. Well, right. And I've already spent the money as a point of view, not a question of. Yeah. Not a question of what's this going to create. And I looked at these curtains and I just went, this is just not good enough. It's not pretty enough. It's not everything I want it to be. And I'm not willing to have a, such a limited point of view. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's, that's really demonstrating the willingness to choose Even when it's an expensive choice or a difficult choice. Well, it's only difficult if you think you can't choose it. The reality is you can choose anything. What do I want to choose? It's only difficult if you think you can't choose it. So why would we want to not have choice? Well, because we look at it and we think, well, that's good enough. You know, like, here's a set of curtains, okay? Yeah. Now, this is on the bright side of the castle. It was supposed to match this bedspread, okay? Does that match this bedspread? Well, I can no. see how they <laughs> No, it's not identical to it. It doesn't look that good. And it's like, and they're shares. And it's like, I said I didn't want any shares. Said specifically, no shares. Because the views out of the castle are unbelievably beautiful. So why would you put shears on to hide the view? Purpose of shears is to block the views or to keep you from seeing the neighbors or the neighbors seeing you. There's no neighbors. You're up in the air. You can't see anybody. But that was what they thought was good enough. They thought that was good enough. That doesn't match the bedspread either. They thought those were good enough. That's a green room. Those are yellow curtains. Gross. This, and they're okay, but I don't like them. You know, they're not as bad as other things. These, 
kind of go. You know, it was supposed to be a pink room. Pictures. You know they can't see these pictures, hey? Yes, I know they can't see the pictures. But by talking about it, I'm creating an image in their head. And it's like what you keep trying to do is see what people will see rather than realize your job in reality is to create an image in people's heads so they start creating. See, it's like the greatest gift I ever got was being a, a literature major. And I read all this stuff where people were... They would describe something, and you'd create an image in your head. So it's like you owned it. It was yours. It was your creation. It wasn't based on them giving you a picture that you had to look at. It was giving them a picture in your head. And it's like when you create a picture in people's heads of what is possible, oftentimes they can create more. And they tend to find their creative juices in what's in their head, not what's on the page. So can you give me another example of creating a picture in the head rather than what you want people to see? Well, did you read The Place? Yeah, that's a book. So those of you guys that don't know, The Place is a book that you wrote. Yes. And I will put a link in this podcast for those of you guys. If you haven't read The Place or heard of The Place, it's an incredible story. Yes, but it's a story, but I created, I spent the entire time creating images for people to see. Right. You know, it's like when I talked about you know, him getting, you know, Jake getting out of his car and stripping his, you know, stripping down to his nothing and going in the pond where the little ducks were and having the little ducks get on his skin and taking like gripping his skin. And it's like, and it tickled him and he laughed and they flew away. Well, that's all the elements that they need to recognize that place where something could actually create that result in their world, in their body. And people loved that scene. Except for people who are into film. They say it doesn't convey. Okay, so can I just say, like, I'm totally lost in this conversation now? Okay, yes. You see, what I'm trying to do is put you into a place where you have to use your capacities in your imaginations to create the greater possibility. Well, okay. Cause that actually, so thank you. Cause I've been questioning recently. I've been, I guess what is consciousness has been okay. coming up more. So have you been questioning or doubting? Hmm. I guess doubting, but I'm not really even clear with that. Well, the thing is, yeah, no, most people, yeah. you know, it's like, if you think you're not, yeah, not the moment you, what you've done with that has gone to doubt as though that's a question. Well, and actually what's been going on for me is this thought that hasn't even been a fully formed thought, and I'm only realizing it now in this conversation, is that I'll never be able to fully know consciousness. I'll never be able to fully know consciousness. What question is that? Yeah, no, it's doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's doubt. And it's the justification of the rightness of doubt. Wow. And it's like, and, and it's like we have so many more possibilities wow. than most people get. And it's like, hmm. you are one of the most brilliant people I've ever met to be able to ask questions in such a way that it opens other people's universes. And it's like, and you do it all the time. I love it when you come to class because you always go, I, I have this question. And I go, oh, good. Now we're getting somewhere. Well, I really do have this question yeah. of consciousness, but I, but I realize even now, and I'm like, kind of floored by how much point of view and judgment I still had in my definition or I was yeah, viewing like consciousness. You're, you're, defined, you're trying to define yeah. judgment rather than be it. Well, I'm trying to define, define con consciousness. Sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to define consciousness rather than being conscious. 
which is which is including everything and judging nothing. So yeah. if you include everything and judge nothing, like there is no there's no judgment. It's like you're going to go, okay, what's this going to create? And it's like literally that question, what's this going to create, is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. Hmm. You know, what's this going to create? If I get angry at this person, what's this going to create? So can I ask you this? Yeah. I know, like, I know this, and I have seen how question creates so much better than yeah. judgment time yeah. and time and time again. Yeah. And still... There is this judgment in my world, or I am perceiving some judgment somewhere in the world, and it's very, seems very real and very relevant to me. And what is it? Someone else's point of view. Yeah. See, the thing is, you've been taught to listen to everybody else's point of view. But, you know, it's like when I was describing, you know, the place and stuff. Yeah. It's like, and how that was going to create an image in people's minds. Okay. You were saying, I'm confused by this. I'm yeah. not getting this. Yeah. But it's like you cannot get it if you are still functioning from a definition of what it's supposed to be. Right, wrong, good, battle, nine, nine punch. Six, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like it's this place where you have to function from the recognition. This, you know, what is this? Well, it's you know? so interesting as an access, as a, as a consciousness facilitator because yeah. I've, I've been up against a lot recently working with people. And as I've become more conscious or use the tools of access more over the years, the way I facilitate, the way I facilitate myself, uh, my uh, mm, ability with transformation has grown, adjusted, exponentialized, yeah. even to the point sometimes I'm in a point, <clears throat> I'm in a place now that I'm, when I'm doing sessions with people, I almost feel like I have no idea what's going on and I don't really know what to do for them. Whereas a couple months ago, I would have been very confident in my facilitation capabilities. Yes, because you would have been very defined. Hmm. The less defined you, got, you are, the less <laughs> you have confidence. But if you learn to listen so that it sparks your imagination and your awareness, hmm. a whole different universe opens up. And so it's like today I was listening to Dane. He was on the phone talking to somebody and they were having a problem about money. And he said something and I went... And I heard evil, but I knew he didn't say evil. And I told him, and I said, so ask the person if they consider money evil. And she went, oh, my God, yes, I do. It's like you begin to hear what is not said. The more you live in this question of what's actually going on and stop trying to come to conclusion about how to facilitate or anything. And you'll just hear somebody say something, and it's like it isn't what they said but you know it's what they're thinking or what's in their universe. It's so interesting. I notice right now, and, I, and as I said a few minutes ago, like I'm, I'm perceiving this judgment that, you know, you asked me, what is it? And I said, somebody else's point of view. And as you're talking about this now, I'm also noticing, again, this, con what I would even define as this control. Yes, well, do people try to control you with their point of view? Oh. That's called being a parent. <laughs> So, and now I'm controlling myself with points of view. Yeah, but other people's points of view, not even yours. I'm controlling myself with other people's points of view. So, everywhere that you guys are controlling yourselves with other people's points of view. Well, you're starting to create all those. Right, rug, good battle, nine, pod, puck, shorts, poisons. It's also so interesting, too, because if I can control myself, understand myself, and define reality based on other people's points of view, I don't have to be creative anymore. No, and you don't have to be you. Oops. Sorry, wedgie. Wow. See, it's like, and that's what people do. They define themselves. 
I mean, it's so much easier to see what other people need, want, require, and desire than it is to see what you need, want, require, and desire. Mm, too true. Because everybody else is so blatant about it. You know, and as you become more conscious, you become more subtle about it. Can you talk about that more? Yeah, you become subtle because you don't have to have a fixed, you don't have to have the solidity that a point of view has. Like, take a point of view about the color green. Mm-hmm. Okay, how solid is that? Well, I can make it more or less solid depending on how invested I become in yeah, that Yeah, that's needs- the important thing. You know, how invested am I in this color of green? But it's like, I mean, people, you know, base their clothing on that. They base their houses on that. They base everything on that. And it's like it's the basis of configuring this reality into limitation. The basis of configuring reality. Yeah. So we use points of view as a foundation or a basis to configure reality. It's actually a foundation. See, it's like. If you had a platform off of which you could springboard anything, how would you create? Jump in, dive up, hop in, hop out, adjust, move. And it's like, and the thing is, when you're a kid, you tend to do that. Mm. But as you get to be more and more of an adult, people say you can't do that. Act like an adult. Don't act like a kid. Do this. Don't do that. And there's a lot of don't do, must do, can't do, shouldn't do, all that kind of stuff. And is that how we're educated to be handicapped yes so if we were going if we're going to educate ourselves in the other direction yes you have to be in the question have to be in the question now the basis of access is to get people to start to look at what the questions they can have and we do our best to get people to choose that but people don't always choose it and it's like and i can't make them well let me let me do that so that they start to get the idea of having a question so that they begin the process and eventually they get to the point where they just are a question. So can you help me with something? I'm married and I'm in a relationship and I'm noticing recently a lot of not ease and I know, and I've been, and I've been in the question. Okay. So like number one, so what so is this? In your relationship, Yeah. who are you being? Right. And so you and my husband have both said completely independently of one another, totally without accusation, not even, it wasn't, a, there was like no judgment in it. You were, you just said, is she, you know, she's being like her mom, but you do this tricky thing where you find somebody else to say it who's sitting right next to me. So it's not like you're saying it directly to me. And when you said it, I knew it was so. Yeah. And then my husband said to me several days later, totally in a, just this passing conversation with no judgment, no point of view, he was, he just said it. And it was the most... It was the most no point of view, astute observation about me being my mom. I feel like he's ever said. Yeah. He was just like, he just said it. And it was not an accusation. It wasn't making me wrong. And he said, and I went, fuck, the two most important men in my life have just indicated to me, hey, look, this might be where you're making things harder for yourself. Yeah. Because the one thing we know about your mom, she'll always make things harder for herself. And so I've been looking at, I've been looking at that. And as soon as you guys both indicated that to me, I went, I found a good process because in yeah. access, we've got tons of processes, yeah. tools to assist in greater yes, consciousness. Exactly. And so one of the most, um, the tools I've been using a lot recently, which is something you started talking about, which is reference points. Yeah. And so I went into, okay, so how many reference, how many of my mom's reference points am I functioning from right yeah. now? You know, destroy and uncreate, right, wrong, good, battle, night. Well, you also have to destroy and uncreate the objectives you have because of her points of view. 
Because your mother always has an objective when she gives you a point of view. Do, does, so what's the difference between an objective and a reference point? Uh, an objective is what you think you're supposed to do or have. An objective is what you think you're supposed to do. Uh, yeah. Mm. And a reference point is how you justify why you chose it. So the objective is the foundation and the reference point is the... Actual, actualization of it. It's how you bring it into action. So should I be looking at what my objectives in relationship are? Yeah. What is my objective with this relationship? Right. I mean, the first thing that comes up in when you ask is just to get it right. Yeah. But you can't get a relationship right because they're the biggest crock of shit that ever existed. And I'm even sitting here thinking, right based on whose standards? Yes. Who's, exactly. Whose relationship am I trying to get into yeah. focus here? Yeah. So what do you mean you can't get them right because they're a crock of shit? Well, because it's like a relationship is a created entity. A relationship is a created entity. Yeah. It's not an actual being. It's a created being. Can we talk, what's the difference between an actual being and a created being? Okay, so an actual being is you as you. Okay. Okay. A created being is you trying to create you in a particular image. Right. You know, if you go, I'm a married woman. Okay, and it's like, and you hear people say that with exactly that tone. Mm -hmm. And you go, what the fuck does that mean? But they've created this entity called married woman. Okay. And it's an image that they carry around with them like some kind of, you know, it's like it's your communist credit card or whatever. Well, well, is that one of the reference points that actualizes the objective of whatever, being married? Uh Aha, okay. Uh, It's like. What if you were in a relationship where everything was a choice and a possibility, you know, which is my, out, you know, my outflow about what a relationship should be. That's my idea of how a relationship should be. It should be something that's about the possibility and the choices. Hmm. So is it a point of view or is it, I don't, this is even interesting because as I hear you say that, that I go into that the relationships in your life should Create more possibility, not less possibility. Yeah, but the thing is, if you have the point of view that you're going to create a relationship based on possibilities, then it can't do anything but possibility. Please continue. It's like what I see people doing all the time is they keep trying to come to conclusion with their relationship. Oh, well, me, yours truly. Yes. Everybody. You know. It's like I have the perfect relationship. Okay, that one's doomed. Because the moment you think you have the perfect relationship, your partner is going to have to prove they're not perfect because they don't think they're perfect. Well, and I have, I mean, is, and again, it's like, is perfect a judgment? Always. So, you know, you've eliminated consciousness from the equation yeah. as soon as you yeah. go into and you've perfect. And you perfection instead. Instead of consciousness. Yeah. So. See, consciousness includes everything, including perfection, without a judgment. Mm-hmm. But people use perfection as the judgment to determine whether they've got it right. Which doesn't actually work. No. And that's what I love so much about the way you facilitate consciousness is there's a practical, there's literally, it's a practical creation, not a theoretical meditation. I call it practical magic. Practical, well, it's practical consciousness because it's, you've really shown me how to make life work, not how to theorize about if I... If I do this, this will... If I do this, this will. Yeah. If I do this, if this, then this is the point of view that most people take in the world. If I do this, then this. If I do this, then this. None of which is actually true. What is true? What is true is what is actually possible I haven't chosen yet. 
What is possible I haven't chosen yet? You know, what if you knew you could choose anything? See, unfortunately, I have the point of view, you can't. But I should get over myself. So why would people diminish or not or resist knowing that they could choose anything? Because then they would have to recognize that everything that they have created in their life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, is their creation. And they don't really want to know that. They want to believe that things happened to them and that they didn't, it didn't, it, it happened by accident. It didn't happen. I have to ask you the most annoying no. question. Yeah. Why are people doing that? Because that's what they've been taught from day one. I did a, I recently, I've been having, um, something's going, something big is changing in my world or the universe recently because the way I've been facilitating is completely different. And I've been having you, whether it's a one-on-one session or a group where I'm noticing this really persistent thing where they want me to deliver, support, create, do it all for them. They're not really asking any questions and offering nothing. They've always wanted that. You just never noticed. Ah, I've noticed. And recently, but uh, when they do it, I literally can find nothing to say, which is what's new. Yeah. Usually you could override that and deliver regardless. Recently, I haven't even been able to override it. I just sit there kind of stunned, stunned, gobsmacked, as they say. So do you have any suggestions for me when I'm... Ask a question. Ask a question. So what are you asking for here? And I do ask a question. What are you asking for here? What are you asking for here? Because the thing is, most of them are asking for an answer. You can't give them an answer. Because the only reason they want an answer is so they can make you wrong. Really? Yeah. See, the purpose of trying to get you to give them an answer is then they get to dismiss you because you're not perfect. Hmm. And in so doing, also dismiss any ability or opportunity for change. Yeah. But they have in particular. It's really quite sad. But it's the way things are. And it's such a trip. it's, It's a trip for me in that I'm... I grew up in a household with someone like you who I, I never actually realized how different you were because we, I, you were just there. This is what life is just like. Yes, this is right? what life is like, yes. And as I get older, I'm looking around and I'm almost like, this can't be. This, the way people are limiting themselves, making themselves insane, destroying their lives. I'm going, any minute now, everyone's going to turn around and say, just kidding. And everyone's just going to get happy and choose. Yeah, not happening. Right. So, and I'm realizing that as I get older and, and it's, it's such this interesting possibility. You have such an incredible, there's just this incredible, um, I'm always looking at the question. Okay. Always looking at what is it that's going to create a different possibility here? See, it's like, I mean, as a little kid, when you first saw that entity sitting on the the furniture. On uh, the furniture. And I said, well, talk to him. And you went, I don't want to. Okay, fine. I didn't make you wrong for not talking to him. I didn't tell him you had you had to. I said, well, if she took me a, if the person wants to talk to you during the night, just be willing to hear it. And you got up the next morning and, you know, she wants to know where this is. So I called up the lady I bought it from and I said, where is, so who owned this truck? My aunt, Jessie. And you had said her name was Jenny. And I said, okay, so where is the wedding dress? And she goes, oh, I gave it to my cousin. And she went, wait a minute, how do you know that? Bye. And I hung up because I didn't want her to think I was weird. 
Right. And that was, that was one of the normal conversations in our household. Yeah. You know, I'm like freaking out. Why are you freaking out? There's a, there's somebody sitting on top of that, you know, yeah. trunk. And everyone looks at the trunk and clearly no one's sitting on top of the trunk. Well, no but, one else is seeing what you see. To me, someone is definitely sitting on top of yeah. that trunk and you're like, well, okay. why don't you talk to it? Yeah. You know, and that was, even as a seven-year-old, I was going, okay, you're weird. Yes, and I am. <laughs> and I still am. And then I became a weirdo, but I had to look at what I was aware of. Otherwise, I would have gone crazy. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, I think most of the people that think they're crazy and most of the people who do alcohol and drugs and most of the people that that feel incompetent in this reality are in that position. Nobody ever acknowledged them or validated them for what they actually are capable of doing. And it's just wrong. So if people wanted to create more consciousness in their lives, they have to go back and acknowledge what they knew and what they saw and what they were aware of as kids that nobody else could see or acknowledge. I mean, when I was a kid, I you know found some... You know, sexual cards out behind a bar. I was eight. Right. And I picked them up. Some right na- naked lady playing cards. Well, they weren't just naked ladies. They were people <laughs> doing things, okay? They were more than just ladies. And I went, whoa, you can do that? And it's like, because I knew nothing about sex. You know, it's like the sex I had learned was in school that, you know, the sperm gets out of the... Gets out of the man and crawls in with the egg and the woman. Walks across the bed yeah, and, and crawls figured, into the and woman. And I figured they crossed across the bed because that was the only way I could see because they didn't say they put parts together. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I'm looking at this and go, whoa. And I was stunned by it. And my friends went, those are disgusting. You better get rid of those. Your mother's going to kill you. I didn't. I just kept looking at him going, wonder what that's like. I was always in the question. And so I ended up with a different sexual reality than other people have. Uh, yeah, I'd say you have like a different reality about everything wholeheartedly yes. than ever than most That's people have. True. I mean, I've not met anybody who is as willing, as open, as capable of generating and creating, and generous with that insight and that ability. Well, it's like, why would you not be generous with it? Is my point of view. You know, it's like I do everything I can to give people whatever tools they need. You know, it's like, and the results of it have been miraculous from my point of view. Totally agree. I mean, the the fact that I'm alive today is a miracle. Yeah, you went through a dark period there, teenager. Well, I look at what a lot of people go through, and I just, that's the interesting part, is that consciousness includes those dark periods, those heavy yeah. periods, those, yeah. those includes demons, includes judgment. And it has no point of view. It has no point of view. And that's the key. No point of view, no judgment. No point of view. Yeah. Well, thank you for this. It's, a, it's really just the tippy, tippy, tippy taste of a massive iceberg of possibility, choice, and change. And maybe there are some tidbits, some tastes in here today that might have well, sparked might stimulate, something. Spark something for somebody, which is why I'll have these conversations You know, because it's like for me, it's just amazing to see where people go. No, rather than what's actually possible. And there's just so much information and access and so many things. And I mean, we've got, what, 8,000 pages or 9,000 pages of reference materials now that are things that we used to do as specific processes that, you know, that energy kind of dissipated and changed everything. And that may be why you're having some of the 
difficulties you're having right now. Because we went through another big change just a bit ago. And uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on. And just know that the world is changing. And and we shall dominate. No. <laughs> what would it take for dom- yeah. for consciousness to, to, be, dominate, yeah. to dominate above yeah. stupid, crazy, mean, yeah. you know? Yeah. All right. Well. Thank you. How's it get better? How does it? Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this show. My target is to make consciousness easy to find and choose. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes and share this with somebody who you know who might be looking for more consciousness in their life. You can visit me on shannon-ohara.com or talktotheentities.com. And to learn more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can visit accessconsciousness.com and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. 